Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. Lock the gate! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fuck nicks? Uh, what the fuck tuplets, if there are any out there. How's it going? I am Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Shauna Duggins is on the show today. Shauna is the stunt coordinator for uh, GLOW. That's how I know her. She's the first woman to win the Outstanding Stunt Coordination Emmy for her work on that show that I'm on, GLOW. She's nominated for a third consecutive Screen Actors Guild Award for this season of GLOW. She's a stunt rock star, and she's on the show today. Hope you're well. It's been a, a fun and relaxing few days, very disturbing few days in the world, but that's not unusual. More disturbing uh, as a Jew when uh, anti-Semitic hate crimes by fucking lunatics, domestic terrorists, uh, you know, it becomes a frightening place to live. But, uh, you know, my thoughts go out to the people that are terrified in their communities. Shitty times. And the new year is coming. Maybe everything will change. Can I shift gears right now? That's a big question. That's a rough opening. It's difficult. It's a difficult transition to make. But I've had a lovely Hanukkah. I've been lighting the candles, which I don't do. I've been engaging in the tradition. I've been encouraged by yet another non-Jew girl to engage in the tradition of the lighting of the candles and saying of the prayers. And I went to a Hanukkah party at Moshe Kasher's house uh, and Natasha Legero, they're married. And it was a lovely time. I'm, I'm starting to socialize a little more. I'm, uh, I don't know. I think that maybe, I think maybe people just are, they make the wrong assumption is about me. They think I don't want to socialize. They think I'm antisocial or they don't want me at their house, but I've been very pleasant, very pleasant. It was a nice time. There were a lot of Jews there. Uh, the Jeff Ross, anywhere there are Jews, Jeff Ross will show up. If there are Jewish comedians anywhere, uh, Jeff Ross will be there. He's like, you know, he'll be there with you. He's like some sort of strange ghost of show business. Hey, there's Jews gathered here and they're funny people. Oh, there's Jeff Ross. When did he get here? He's always been here, Mr. Torrance. You've always been here. (laughs) But it's not the Overlook Hotel. It's it's like some old uh, Catskills joint. But that's uh, that's my now that's my thoughts on Ross. Some of you know that about my Jeff Ross theory. The end of The Shining, where Jack Nicholson sees him, where he zooms in, and there's the picture from the twenties. He's always been here. Jeff Ross has always been in show business, going back to the early 1900s. He is a Jewish frequency, 
that uh, that is eternal. Who else was there? David Wayne was there. Um, Duncan Trussell, not Jewish, but he was there. Joe Mandy. It was very nice. Latkes, a lot of latkes, a lot of latkes. And, uh, and other fried goods. And I made a cake, an almond cake. Did a lot of baking, but I'm through it. I'm done with that. Now we're doing healthy foods. But I hope you had a lovely Hanukkah. Last night was the last night. I ran out of candles, got new candles. Didn't know the second prayer, still don't know it, but uh, kind of bungled through it. My brother was in town with his stepdaughter, and uh, he was very surprised to, that I was doing the candles, right? I being the one that was, you know, as far you know, as much off the grid traditionally as uh, any Jew. But uh, we're doing it. I'm, I'm doing it, and uh, I don't know. It, does, it doesn't bring me closer to God because I, I don't have a God, but it does bring me somewhat closer to uh, the candles. I don't know. It was nice. Reminded me of when I was young. It was a th- it's, there's a through line. I'm back on it. I'm on the, the sort of mild, traditional Jew through line. It's important now. So, yeah. Uh, my brother came out with his stepdaughter and we did, um, I, I did something I haven't done in a long time. I didn't think I would do. My brother wanted to take his stepdaughter to see the dead and company, the dead and co the dead and company, which is basically the drummers, Mickey and bill, uh, of the dead with Bob Weir, John Mayer, uh, a new bass guy and a new keyboard guy. So there's three of the original dead there. And they're doing dead tunes. And I've heard they were good, but like I've, I'm sort of a weird purist when it comes to that. I saw the dead a few times in my life. I had a connection with them. It runs deep. I lived with deadheads for a couple years uh, when I was in college. Uh, I have all the music in my brain. Uh, I've done the hippie dance. I've done the hippie hippie shake. I've done the hippie jig. I know how to do the hippie jig. I've tripped on mushrooms and acid to dead music mushrooms at a dead show it is implanted it is hardwired into me the dead is and i i was sort of a purist i drew a line but my brother wanted to take her out and they were you know wanted to stay here and then i thought to myself well hey man i'm a mid-level celebrity who works for live nation occasionally i wonder if i can make a few phone calls and get us some sort of uh, nice treatment and maybe get to go see it with you know get some nice tickets somehow work an angle well, I did, and we went, and we we went. We had, we it was at the forum. We had the forum club experience. All the food and cakes, and there were there were gummy bears, non druggy gummy bears. There was uh, people I knew there. I met. You know who I met? Here's a weird thing. Guy comes up to me, says his name is Mike, and then he says Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. That's where my mom's from. And then he says my grandmother. And grandfather owned the dry cleaning business and lived across the street from your grandparents. I'm like, the Roths? Yup. Wow. He's like, yeah, my father was, uh, what's his name, Roth? And I go, one of the twins? He's like, yup, I knew that. You know, that's the kind of thing that happens at a Grateful Dead show. You meet the grandson of your grandmother's across-the-street neighbor. So, into the concert, I don't do drugs anymore, but there was enough in the air. There was plenty in the air and i had a great time i did the the hippie jig i rocked back and forth sang along with the songs i I put my hands up in the air a couple of times i swayed um lynn was there she sat a lot of the time 
and looked cold and occasionally would get up. But she didn't know a lot of the songs, so she was a good sport. I'm not even sure Craig's stepdaughter loved it, but she was in. But me and my brother were just sort of like doing the fucking hippie jig, hanging out, rocking back and forth, listening to the song. And I realized like, well, you know, I guess that's the way it goes. I guess me and my brother got something in common. We stayed almost till the very end, which is rare. Just we skipped out right after the last song. Did not stay for the encore, but saw all of it. And I got to be honest with you, man. Had a pretty good time. I did feel, I don't know if it's nostalgia or what. It was a packed house and it was a very diverse age-wise audience. I wouldn't say it was diverse any other way, but it was, you know, a lot of different ages. But there's a loneliness to Bob Weir that he's the last of them. You know, he's the captain of the ship. He's the bearded uh, man on the bow singing those old songs that him and Jerry sang for 50 years. The boys, Phil's not there. Bill and Mickey are holding up the back end and they're in their 70s. But it just, there felt like there was a heroic thing to it somehow. It's like, this is the hill they're going to die on. There is no other hill. They are going to keep going out there. And he sounded great and he looked great, but there was like, there was a perseverance to it there. There was a sort of like, you know, of course we're doing this. Of course I'm doing this. It was, but it felt like a, a living eulogy on some level to Garcia and to what that band was and, and what it stood for. But they, they did a good job with everything. It was a joyous event, but I just saw it that Bill was like, you know, it was sort of like, this is how he's going to go out, man. It's like Dylan too. They're just out there. They're out on that stage doing it like they always have done it for 50 or 60 years. And it's relatively timeless stuff. And I thought John Mayer did a great job. I didn't have the emotional connection I have to Jerry. You know, you, you create a whole backstory and mythology and there is one. It was, a, it was, I had a good time. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. I can't say that I relapsed, but man, there was a lot of weed in the air and about an hour in, you know, how could I fight it? Was it going to hold my breath? So I got a freebie, kind of, and it was kind of nice. It wasn't heavy, you know, but I'm like, I feel a little, all right, well, just enjoy it, you fuck. That's what I said to myself. That's, uh, that's yeah, that was, that, that was, that's what woke up inside of me. It wasn't the desire to do more, but that, 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 that angry voice that pushed back on me ruining even the best of times said enjoy it you fuck and i rocked and i swayed and i did the hippie jig and i got lost man i got lost in the music did i mention shauna duggins is on the show i wanted to talk about this in terms of hurting yourself um i'm a 56 year old man i'm in pretty good shape i eat pretty well and i exercise a lot and uh, I almost, uh, I had a, a revelation. Is it a revelation? At the gym the other day when I was about to uh, go into a squat. And I wasn't even doing the free weight squats. You know, I wasn't balanced. You know, there was, it was a machine holding the bar. You know, one of those ones where, you, you know, you, you get some support with the bar. And I was doing the heavy ones. And I lifted it onto my shoulders. And I just heard something in the back of my neck go. Poof, poof. It was like a dull thud that felt like a couple of vertebrae just popped, uh, separated or something. And I'm like, that's not good. And then I, I, I waited a few seconds to see if my legs were going to go out from underneath me. Did they, like, and then I thought like, how that would be 
Like, could you imagine ending up in a wheelchair because of a squat accident? And I'm not, I'm not mocking anybody that that happened to, but it was at that point I realized, like, how much weight do I really have to do at this point in my life? What am I trying to do? Does my ass have to be that tight? Am I that worried about the roundness of my ass? Shouldn't I be doing more flexibility exercises, some core work? Why am I fucking squatting all this weight to where I almost broke my fucking neck? That's right. That's the revelation I had. Hey, maybe I shouldn't break my neck at the gym where I end up in a wheelchair and people are like, Jesus, what happened to Mark? It's a squat, is a vanity accident. It's a squatting issue. Well, he broke his neck doing a squat. Yeah, and he hadn't even done the exercise yet. He broke it lifting the weights onto his shoulders. It's a, a squatting accident. That's horrible. Well, yeah, we're all going in for electric chair for him for his birthday. Can you give something? I guess. We're also getting him a gym membership. Now, is that right? Is that funny? Is that right to do? Look, folks, just be careful when he's squatting. That's all I'm saying. Watch it with the weights. Watch it out there in the cars on New Year's. So my guest today was very, I'm glad I talked to her. I always liked her. Yeah, I don't, I've never talked to a stunt person before, but uh, Shauna Duggins is the stunt coordinator for GLOW. She is the first woman to receive an Emmy for Outstanding Stunt Coordination for her work on that show. Uh, she's nominated for a third consecutive Screen Actors Guild Award for this season of GLOW. And she's... Um, a badass and this is me talking to shauna duggan sometimes i wish i paid more attention in school or in some cases any attention at all there are probably a lot of things i could have gotten more out of like literature and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics but luckily for us there's a new podcast called the foxed page that dives deep into the best books of all time this is basically like the best possible college english class but more relaxed and fun no pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Have you done this before? Nope. Come on. No. You've never done any mic work? No. Wow. Exciting. The woman who does the stunts has never done any sort of voiceover action. I have not. Well, this is, that's exciting. So how have you been, Shauna? I have been great. Thank you, Mark. You found a, a window of opportunity to hang out and talk to me? Absolutely. Mm. Looking forward to it. What have you been doing? What what, what exciting, uh, death-defying feats have you been up to lately? Um, I was coordinating the Jim Carrey TV show, Kidding. Oh, right. I heard about that. with uh, with uh, What's the other guy's name? Uh, the old actor. Frank uh, Langella. Yes, Frank Langella. Mm-hmm. And Judy Greer. Uh-huh. Oh, um, yeah. I love her. It's a great cast. Yeah. And then I just started, we started shooting about a week, week and a half ago, a movie called Yes Day. Yes Day? Uh-huh. With Jennifer Garner and Edgar Ramirez. It's a comedy. Very fun and family show. And you're a coordinator show. on that as well? Uh-huh. So, all right. Let me ask you something, like, out of the gate here as a stunt person. 
because I, I see that you know I've been on a few sets, but I'm I'm not I'm no journeyman. I'm no like I don't have that much experience. But what constitutes the need for some person? Because sometimes, like you know, if a guy just has to fall, you know, trip over a rug, they got they bring in stunt people. Like what? <laughs> like all of a sudden, like you just have to you know you have to pretend to fall down. For, and, and it's like we got the stunt people here, the coordinators here. It's like, do I need that? What? what how does it work like that? I think it depends partly on the show and then partly on the actor. So um, obviously with action movies, there's a lot more. So a lot of times you get the time, and we get it on GLOW, where you get the time to train the actresses. Mm -hmm. So you know what they're all capable of and and how good they are and what you can get from them. Sometimes you step on a show for a day and it's trip over a rug, but the director is... We don't know what the actor is. Is he going to want to hit the ground? Is he going to, you can't hide a pad and he wants to take it and he's in his underwear and he's, you know, so now is he going to want to hit the concrete? Because sometimes you get there, sometimes you get on set and they're like, no, we don't really need you. Yeah, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Sometimes it's then I, taking it's care of easy work. <laughs> yeah, you're taking care of the actor and either patting them up or helping them and figuring out what the shot is that the director wants. Right, because I had a stunt double on my show, Marin, when uh-huh. I had to stand in the middle of a street in a, hop- a hospital gown holding an IV bag. Yep, and two cars, you know, crossing me on either side, and eventually, you know, they were like, "Can you just do it? Do you think you can do it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can do it if the drivers are good." <laughs> So that guy had an easy day work looking looking like me. Well, and sometimes it's setting it up. So you set put the drivers in and you hire incredible drivers for right. that. And yeah. then you put the double in, get it all set up. How close can we put them? What do we need to do? And then, okay, Mark, now you step in the middle. Yeah. But you'll never fail if you don't put great people in those spots right. with driving. Yeah. Then the director will say on the day, so do you think he could now slide the car and stop right in front of him or yeah. just nearly miss him yeah. or, you know, they'll change. And that's when I'm like, you know, maybe we'll get the other guy in here. Maybe that'd be a good idea. <laughs> I'm too scared. I'm not supposed to look terrified, right? Well, so it just change, it varies for every show. But a lot of times you you could get there and there'd be like, well, I'm glad you're here. But, and you just you just talk an actor through it and you don't yeah. actually need to do any yeah. stunts. And like this show, Guest Day is a comedy. So a lot of that physical comedy is seeing the actor or the actress do it oh, on their right. face. It's right. not, you're hoping to not use the double as much. Right. For shtick. Yeah. Right. It's just funnier. But um, there's times when... You know, you're just you're a backup or you're figuring it out and then you step in and help them. So how long have you been doing it? About 18 years. When did you, how old were you when you started? I'm not going to ask you how old you are. Okay, there you go. Yeah, she was five years. It's amazing. The youngest stunt person ever. <laughs> ever. Five years old. It was before the studio said kids can't do stunts. <laughs> they were throwing you off of boats, <laughs> off of buildings. So you've been doing it a long time. Yeah. But, I, I started my first big movie... Um, it was the first Charlie's Angels. I went in and auditioned. I didn't even know what I was auditioning for. I had been a gymnast my whole life. All right, let's go back there. Okay. Let's, let's figure it out. So where do you come from? You're going to get in this head and finally someone's going to figure no. it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> if it hasn't been done already, I doubt I'll do it. Okay. Maybe you're just not letting people figure it out. Maybe that's your problem, Shauna. Maybe. Maybe all this stunt is just, just a defense mechanism to keep people out of your head. You could be right. <laughs> there we go. So where'd you grow up? I grew up uh, inland of San Diego in the desert, Imperial Valley. Oh, so you, oh, Imperial Valley? Mm-hmm. I you, feel like, they're, like, is that like Death Valley? Is that like the like that desert? It's not that desert, but in the summer it feels about like that desert. Imperial Valley. So you grew up in the California wasteland. 
<laughs> is that what that is? Well, it's agriculture. Oh, it is. There's yeah, a lot, a lot of ag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and wait, well, what did your family do out there? What's what, what what was going on in the desert? My dad was a contractor, still is a contractor. Yeah. And then my mom did several things. She, um, all growing up, she owned video stores. Video stores, mm-hmm. like videotapes? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like uh, before Blockbuster? W- like In competition with Blockbuster. So you were the local, like, you know, video store that some people would go to because they're like, fuck Blockbuster. We like you. What's your mom's name? Kathy. We like you, Kathy. Yep. And that's the way it worked? Yep. So, and then Blockbuster tried to buy her out. And, really? And she, uh-huh. And then she got really close to a deal, and then they were going to fire all em- all her employees and hire them cheaper, so she told them no. She stood up for the for the workers. Yeah. For the, for, and and yeah. then did they eventually put her out of business? No. Eventually, they all went out about the same time. <laughs> <'Cause their laughs> videos were over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. So that was her thing when you were growing up, video uh-huh. stores? So I grew up... Um, from probably third, fourth grade all yeah. the way through high school, working there in the summers, in at night, stores. just helping. Yeah, so that was kind of my love of movie was I watched films really? my whole life. Did it have yeah. the dirty section in back? Did she have a dirty One section? One of them did. <laughs> oh, she had several? She had five stores, and oh, okay. only the first one did. And then when she bought her partner out and closed it, she didn't. Got rid oh. of the dirty section? Yeah. yeah. But as a kid, when you, oh, my the best is my dad. Yeah. You'd go to put movies away. Well, my dad didn't work in the store very often. Right. He'd be coming to pick us up for dinner or something if he was getting off work. Right. And so there'd be a stack. I'll just help put these away so we can get to eat faster. Right. So he would start to put them away, and you'd hear him yell across the store the title that he can't find. And right. as it comes out, he's like, can't get it back in his <laughs> mouth fast enough when you realize, oh, I know where that one goes. It's back here. <laughs> he said the dirty nut title. Yes. And you're just a little kid. Yep. And I mean, some so, of them have very similar titles as the kids' movies, which is really bad. I, I, I never noticed that. Do you have any examples of that? Oh, I don't, but I do remember parents bringing them, and I was like, I don't know that that's the right one. This is, doesn't um, look like the cover. Of the Disney movie. Yeah. It's a very close title, though. Oh, that's right. So they do those. They do the fake. Yeah, the, the yeah, 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 yeah. Right on, like Sweeping Beauty or those kind of movies. Some dirty. And the most embarrassing is when you call the late list. Yeah. And you're like 14 years old, yeah. and you're call- hey, your movie's two weeks late. And yeah. You, can, you know, blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Could you return a Buttman three, please? Bingo, and the wife answers, and you're like, if your husband could just yeah. call us, he yeah. has a movie that's overdue. We we don't have it. We haven't rented any movies. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, well, there's one on your account. Yeah. Well, what's it called? Oh, no, you didn't. If you could just have him call the store, that would be great. Yeah, I think this is between us and uh, maybe I always we don't try to not involved. sell him out. <laughs> so, all right. So you're doing, how many brothers and sisters you got? I have an older brother. So you're in the desert, Imperial Valley, mm-hmm. dad's contractor, working at the video store and watching movies. So when does like gymnastics come in? When do you start I doing I started that? gymnastics when I was seven. So you're like a gymnastics girl. Yeah, I competed my whole life. And so my mom would drive me up probably twice a week to compete in meets in San Diego, what? and then which was two hours. Oh, what was your uh, specialty? Uh, growing up, you do everything. Really? So you did the, the horse thing? The, the vault. The vault. Mm-hmm. You did the peril, the the hoops? Nope. Those nope. are men's. Oh, those are men's. You did the- um, Uneven bars. Oh, those are those look hard. And they the, look painful. I'm surprised you didn't say the balance beam. That's the one usually men don't like. The balance beam was pretty exciting. So the, yeah, so the, the vaulting, the, uh, the uneven bars, balance beam, then floor work. Yep. That's, those are the ones. Yep. What, what were you best at? In high school, 
I would probably say beam, which is funny because in college it became my least event. Like I was strongest at bars in, but I think a lot of it became coaching because when I went into college, I had a really great coach that loved bars. And so I, um, I had a growth spurt. I was only 5'3 when I went on my recruiting trips. But that's pretty good for gymnasts, right? Aren't you supposed to be kind of squat? Yeah, yeah, but when you show up and you're 5'8", and then you grow to be almost 5'9", your freshman year, he's like, I don't remember recruiting a tall girl. Oh, really? So, um, you know, I had that to work with, with just longer arms and legs. So I could do everything, but it was just like a neon light would flash when my knee would bend of like, huh, bad form, bad form, knee bend my freshman year. And then I kind of figured it back out a little. Yeah. Is is that, that is tall for a gymnast then? Yeah, very. Were you gunning for Olympic status? Were you doing that whole thing? Were you hoping to get into the Olympics? I never really thought about the Olympics much because usually by, I didn't have a club program that could get you ready for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. There's only a handful in the country that really truly can unless oh, you're yeah. just miraculously in one of them. Yeah. Um, and then most of the time they've moved away to, to that gym at like, 9, 10, 11, and I didn't know that I wanted to do it that much at that age. Right. So for me, it was always about college. So you weren't a, a, like a, a lunatic, and your mother wasn't a lunatic trying no. to build a little gymnastics monster <laughs> No. for the Olympic team. No, I played other sports in high school, and, and I did basketball and volleyball, and then- um, Big jock. My parents actually coached the tennis team, which my brother was oh my very God. good, and I- to this day, I'll watch tennis, and I'll be like, Dad, why didn't you let me play tennis? And he's like, I tried. You did not want to do gymnastics. You want to do gymnastics. You didn't want to play tennis. Yeah, but- tennis is more practical, because like, if you play tennis, you could be like uh, on the weekend, it's like, hey, you want to go play some tennis? You can't do that with gymnastics. You want to go jump no, around? No, but I don't know that it would have given me the same career path. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But can you play tennis? I can. I, I can't say that I'm very good, because yeah. I don't go play very often. Is your brother still good? My brother was very good. Um, the problem is, is that, you know, having a fun party lifestyle became more important uh-huh. than tennis. So he got out of the, the tennis. <laughs> yeah, he had scholarships game. and then decided school oh, yeah. was much more fun oh. t- than playing tennis. Did he end up on his feet, that guy? Yeah, he did. Just took a, <laughs> a roundabout way to get there. <laughs> yeah, well, good. Well, that happens. <laughs> Different paths. Sometimes you got to take the other path for a while. All right, so now... So it got you into college. Yes. And you, you competed all through college? I did. And then what did you graduate? What, what was your degree in? Business. Mm. And then minored in uh, econ and theater. Did that do? Oh, well, theater is interesting. Did the business help you in any way? Did you go into business after you graduated? No, I had, um, you know, 21. I show up in my little suit because I should probably go and do some interviews. Yeah. So I show up and get offered some jobs and you're thinking, well, I should take these. This is a lot of money yeah. at 21 years old. Well, like what? Um, ad agencies uh-huh. and then consulting firms. Uh-huh. And, and so, did you take them? No, my mom gave me really great advice. She's what like, is, is this what you want to do? And I said, I don't think so. I really want to be in the entertainment industry. I love performing. I love, I didn't, pers- I didn't exactly know about stunts, right. but, but it you- was something to do with telling the story of film. But you did theater? I did. I didn't, I, I, I took classes, but I never did theater because yeah. I was always um, on the road for gymnastics. Oh, acting classes and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like them? I did. They were fun. Yeah. But so you knew like somehow through watching movies, but you you weren't fascinated with stunts necessarily when you were a kid? I didn't even really know it existed. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You, I guess you know there are stunt people, but if you don't grow up around, you, I didn't 
really think about that process that somebody did that. So after your mother says your heart is not in being a consultant or being in advertising, what you just knew you wanted to be in the entertainment. Racket. Yeah, she said, you know, you're you're 21. You have your whole life that you 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 got your degree, and that's what we yeah. asked of you. And go, and you don't have bills, you don't have debt. Like, go figure out what you want to do. You can always go back and get that job. All right. So, so I moved what? to L.A. Um, I only, nothing, with, just not knowing what you were going to do. I only do. knew one person and I thought, is it acting? Is it directing? Is it like, I don't know what aspect exactly of the film industry, but I knew I loved film and yeah. telling a story and, you know, that yeah. side of it. So I went to some acting classes and, um, which ones? Ernie remember? Lively. Oh yeah. And it's Blake Lively's dad and yeah. I ended up working for him. And so I was Doing his what? assistant. Oh, and you're at the, at the, at the studio. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. yeah. And he just, he was an, he's an actor and an acting coach for kids. And yeah. so then I randomly um, went in where'd the gym. You, where'd you end up living first when you first got here? Uh, I had one friend from college who was moving here, and we ended up just in an apartment in Studio City. Uh, and what that friend end up doing? She is a dancer and an actress. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Doing all right? Yeah. That's good. She's doing great. So, all right. So you're working for the lively guy in uh-huh. the acting school. Yep. You're living in Studio City. That was your job. That was my job. And quickly, within the first few months, I went to a gym. A gym, just um, a regular gym? Like a gymnastics gym. club that had oh. open gym. And so I went in just because it was home. I had com- been competing since I was seven. So you just wanted to jump around a little bit? I just wanted to jump around. <laughs> I wanted to do some flips. <laughs> yeah. So I went in, and it was a gym where all these stunt people were training. And they quickly became friends. They were exceptionally talented at stunts, whether it was martial arts, fights, tricking, gymnastics. And we all would train. They'd go train five nights a week. And I just kind of was, it was all, it was these guys. And it was um, a group of guys that were filmmakers. They saw beyond just Any, falling like, to the ground. Like, were they old timers or young No, guys they were or? all fairly young. Um, they're probably five years ahead of me in the business. So they and were I would just, tag what, along. Just, they were just training to keep in shape? or what, No, they were training like we would do, like we would tumble and do gymnastics and I would help them. And then they were martial artists, so they uh-huh. would all help me. They'd be doing all these things and I'd be over on the beam holding it, doing basic kicks. Right, right. And then pretty soon um, I was jumping in and you're doing choreography. So- um, You mean like how, how do you execute this stunt? Like, no, just playing, like actually putting fights together oh, for okay. film and filming them and doing wire gags and at training. At the gym. At the gym. Well, there was different. One person had a dojo, one- um, was had a gymnastics club and one, so we would go to different gyms every night of the week. And that was just something you were doing for fun in a way to begin that was, with. It became where I felt the most at home here. And, and you were interested in the whole process. I was well. absolutely in love with it. Yeah. And so within a year of training them every day, I said, I finally were all eating and I said, you guys, I want to do stunts. And they kind of said, well, we figured that a year ago. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're just now figuring this out. But I was, for the most part, the only girl that would tag along. And when I say these guys are talented, I'm talking about, um, as you you would know them more now, but like Chad Stahelski, yeah. who just directed John Wick 1, 2, and 3. And then Dave Leach is a part of that group that I trained with. And Dave Leach directed... Um, John Wick 1 as well, and then he went off and just crushed it with Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2 and the new Hobbs and Shaw. So these guys were these guys were sort of like, you know, stunt gym guys that went on to direct these movies? Yeah. When I met wow. when I met Chad, he was um 
just finishing he had just finished the first matrix he doubled keanu and he was getting ready to do the sequels two and three and dave was doubling um brad pitt and in what uh i think several three or yeah. four movies right before that and then mike gunther marcus young tim Connolly, jj perry like it was this amazing talented group of people and they all went on to be directors uh two of them three of them are and then one is about to direct his first film. Yeah. And then the other one's been doing a lot of second unit. Huh. So, so it's, that's what I mean. They're not just like, let me fall down and get hit by a car. They actually want to tell a story and get into film I, and well, they're talented. I get it. I get it. I just never knew that that was an avenue. Like, because obviously they wanted to direct from the beginning. So this was their way in. Well, I don't know if they wanted to direct from the beginning. I think it's a passion. But I think the evolution with stunts is... You are a stunt performer. Yeah. And then if you're very good at that, a lot of them end up coordinating. And then from that, a lot end up shooting second unit, directing second unit. And then there's a handful that these doors have, they've kicked the door open, yeah. especially Chad and Dave, where they have crushed it doing first unit. And it's their movie and they're incredible with the action and with storytelling. And I mean, Spiro Rosados does... He directs second unit, and he was a stunt performer, but, I mean, he does all the Fast and Furious for second unit, directs them. He does, like, almost every car movie out but there. The, but the, the, the other two guys are the actual directors of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's weird because that whole part of the, the business where even in sound and, and lighting and everything else where there's entire communities and there's this sort of hierarchy of, of learning and, 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 you know, getting better jobs or getting in angling. But anytime you're on a set for as long as you're on the set doing these things, it's going to be hard not to become enchanted with other parts of it. Absolutely. And I think for me with stunts, it's always been a, it's a piece of if the action isn't moving the story along. Yeah. It's just a an explosion for an explosion. Like, yeah. I want it to tell the story and make you feel the emotion through it. But you've done some explosions for explosions, haven't you? Absolutely. <laughs> what about superhero <laughs> movies? That's what we do. Yeah. But, but you, then but, that just directing kind of becomes a part of extension of getting the whole story then. Sure. And and I think that, like, also because you and, what, Helena, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, are on set on GLOW with Chavo. You know, you're coordinating the, like, I've seen you on set every day, every time I'm there, and it becomes sort of a family. And when it's TV, and it, you re- it requires every, you got to be there the whole time. I mean, you're sort of invested in the whole arc of the thing. Right. It's not like one day, or it's not like just one movie. It's like, it's a whole 10 episodes. Right. And you're there the whole time so you can visualize the story and understand how all this stuff fits in. Absolutely. And for that show especially, it's not just, okay, let's just wrestle. It's really, let's think about, okay, Betty as Liberty Bell. Okay, Mm -hmm. now Liberty Bell is crossing over to be Zoya. Okay, Allie as Zoya. Like, what are their signature moves and And what are their characters? And also the tension between the two of them personally. Absolutely. I mean the characters and then as characters. Right. Yeah. All right, so now... How do you get your first break? And also, before we get into that, though, because like I've read some books lately about you know the seventies and stuff, and there, there definitely was that the stunt people, mostly men then, were a kind of like you know crazy bunch of hot dogging lunatics, you know, <laughs> drunks and daredevils. D- is that still the case with that community? I mean, like, they seemed like real hard dudes that were, if they weren't, like, I, but it, I guess it was post-war and there was a different type of person, real cowboys and fucking drug addicts and lunatics. 
I think the time is is definitely changed in the industry as a whole from sure. the 70s or 80s. But yeah, are I mean, those guys I still think, around though? Do you ever, absolutely? You I work really? with a lot of them, but they've changed and grown. Of and course, I think yeah. the ones that lived, you would think they changed a bit. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's um, it's always a risk when you do big stunts. Yeah. but it's also you know. They they keep asking for more and more and more, and so it's you know the the equipment is often better now for descenders and decelerators for very high gags. I think. What um, does all that mean? You just like said if you it in jump like three, off a different language, if you jump off a building, say yeah. two hundred feet, a descender, and you're hooked to a cable. Yeah, that's called a descender. Uh huh. It's a descender or yeah. a decelerator. Yeah. But, and oh, so, oh, the same thing. Decelerator. Well, descender. one is a free fall, and then it decels you at the bottom, yeah. and then one can set your speed the whole way down. Oh, okay. So, um, but that equipment gets better and better. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I think it used to be just you'd jump off and there'd be a balloon at the bottom. Oh, there is and, still sometimes an airbag. Yeah, just an airbag. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. We're going to have to keep doing it till we get the speed right, I guess. Well, it depends. If I mean, if you're jumping into an airbag, the speed is going to be gravity. That's right. I mean, That's it. It, you can't, no changing. You're not changing. Do you know it. that guy, that guy, Brett? Uh, the guy with one leg, uh, Brett. Brett Smurz. Smurz, yeah. Yes, he's a fantastic driver. I know his dad very well. Like that's a whole family of stunt dudes? Well, the dad and um, the dad is Greg, and then his brother is Brian, mm-hmm. and they are fantastic. They both second unit direct a lot. Um, Brian is probably second unit directed just about every Marvel movie, uh-huh. um, or most of them, yeah. a lot of them. And then Greg has second directed a ton, and then Brett is Greg's son. And he's yeah. a fantastic driver. He is an amputee below the knee, yeah. and you would never know. I just He worked for me on Kidding, came in, crushed it in a car, and nobody knows. And he just goes along his day. I mean, he it happened, I don't know, he was maybe 14 or 15. Oh, so not he, a stunt accident. No, at home, I believe, if, this, if I remember the story right, he jumped off the roof onto a trampoline oh. and then Ooh. off and had an accident. And he was already an uh. uh, incredible go-kart racer. And well, yeah, he I just transitioned into driving. Family, yeah. All right, so how do you get your, no one in your families nope. in show business? Nope, nobody. You're the first one. So you're hanging around this gym, you're getting all these chops, you're learning all this stuff, just hanging around because you like to do it. Uh-huh. How do you get the first job? Well, the first one I was, um, I was X Files. Was one day, and they had uh, sent yeah. everybody into audition, and so a friend said, "Oh, there's a girl that trains with us all the time. She's very new and green, but she's really talented." Uh huh. So I went in an audition, and um, the stunt coordinator introduces me to Chris Carter, who is the nicest man. I had never seen the show and did not know he was a creator, and uh-huh. I was like, "Well, he's really nice. Yeah, who's that guy? <laughs> he's great." <laughs> yeah. And they kept asking me to do certain things, and so I would tumble for them. She's a, in a game. So uh-huh. she's fighting David Duchovny in the game, flips down the alley, flips over him, and then fights him. Like and, a gymnastic flips, like boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In an alley on concrete, in right. heels. And yeah. that was my opening to stunts. Was, uh-huh. So I audition, and um, the wording that they were using I don't think was what they wanted to see, but when you don't know the lingo. Yeah. So I said, do you mind if I show you something? I, I think this is what you really want to see. Here's, yeah. you know, 21-year-old version of a naive girl on, that's going to tell them. Yeah. I, I think this is what you're asking for yeah. and so I showed them and then they were like that's what we've been wanting to see what and it was, was just it? it was just they wanted you to tumble forward yeah but you can't tumble forward with the speed backwards but you just have to start the direction this way yeah so it was just the wording of what they were asking for gymnastics wise oh 
And so I showed him that, and then I I booked that. And later you realize how much of a risk he took on me because I also had to hit a mini tramp in heels and flip over David Duchovny and not land on his head and break his neck. And, you know, you're brand new. And yeah. he's like, okay. He was great. So then my second job, they said, hey, do you want to audition for a movie? I didn't know what it was. It's yeah. for the Hong Kong team. So I went in. and The it, Hong Kong team? Hong Kong team. They had just finished Matrix and it was uh, the brother and he was now doing this movie. Okay. Which is all fights and martial arts. So, What's a, what are those guys? What were those brothers' names? What, uh, Wu Ping and Chen Yen. They, they were... Wu Ping did all the fights on Matrix and okay. then Chen Yen was his brother who they're, did... They're called one. the Hong Kong team? That's what this... Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what they call them because okay. the whole team. So they... Um, I went in and auditioned, and then a couple weeks later, I auditioned again, and then they offered me the job, and it was Charlie's Angels. And that was that's a big movie. A lot At the of time, it was huge, and yeah. it was three three lead women, and then yeah. the bad girl was lead, so it was a woman. So um, it was everything you could think of between Cars, High Falls, the second unit director, Vic Armstrong, and Andy Armstrong, who are some of the biggest in the business, and they are amazing. He now, goes, like, let's let just break it down for me. A second unit director is usually what it's not all stunts. It's just uh, usually know. second unit is oh, it because is. they're picking up all the big pieces of stunts. So they're either doing entire sequences or they're picking up, like, say, if you did a fight on first unit, now they're picking up everything that the, they didn't shoot on the actors with the doubles okay, or right like in this case it's a hey have you done an 80 foot high fall he calls me and i said i haven't done i've done 50 but can i have the weekend and i'll let you know if i can do 80 mentally right so i went out and practiced and called him back on monday and said yes and that the, was for charlie's Angels. that was for charlie's Angels. mentally well that's an interesting thing so like what is the the mental tools you know, even for the first thing, like, so, okay, so you got to wear high heels. You've never done it before, and you've got to launch yourself over Duchovny. So you know you have the physical tools in place, but, you know, what do you, what do, you do to clear your mind? You can't really – is it just, like, a, a type of fearlessness? Like, there, you just – you can't doubt yourself at all, right? It's funny is I had – I've had less fear in stunts than I did in gymnastics. Uh-huh. Gymnasts are very known to have mental blocks. So, um I think because you're like always mental to what? like you'll do a trick, maybe you do a double back, right? And then one day you go in and you're just like, I, I don't know if I can do it. You have to spot me, or you have to stand right there and then I can do it. And your coach is standing there going, I can't even reach you if I needed to, but you're going to do it if I stand on this blue spot. Oh, so there's a, a fear kick. A comes fear kind of oh, kicks oh. in and like weird mental. Just stand there even though you can't touch me. Like all me. of a sudden you don't know how to do it. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, I I think it feeds off of the energy of other teammates. Uh-huh versus in club I was always the one that would just be like send Shauna she'll do it and they would figure it out on me Yeah, and then in college you see other girls that have mental blocks and it starts to have them with you and then you push through them and then something else comes you know versus with stunts things that I may have my coach stand there and do a dismount off a bar say yeah, can you stand there now I've done it in stunts off a pipe to an 8 inch mat with nothing else around and no grips. Yeah. And you're like, in the perfect environment, you can set up a mental block. But I think with stunts, you realize quickly that you either can or you can't. And if you can't, you don't take the job. And if you can, time is money. So well, for you to sit up there and talk yourself into it for 20 minutes, you don't have that luxury. So and how do you production know- doesn't have that luxury. So you, you, you just do it. I get it. But how do you know you can't? Just fear or or or... 
Is that what it is? Like, like what was the process between? Okay, I've only done a fifty foot jump, and now you want you want me to do an eighty? Let me let me wrap my brain around that. Well, I knew physically I could. Yeah. So now let me just make sure mentally I'm not going to get up there and choke on you. Freak out. So I got up there, and there was a um um this this stuntman Bob Yerkes who was a circus performer. He had a big high fall tower in his back. Yard. So one of the guys it's I just trained a buddy? with, uh, uh, it's kind of a, he's an older, he's probably in his 80s and his time maybe in his 60s. So it was a friend of a friend and hey, we can go train at so his. So some okay. guy goes like, I know this old stunt guy's got a tower yeah, and pretty we'll much. go over there. Yeah. And he's just like, he just uh, hangs out at home and so. He's not even there most of the time. Young, or if he younger, was, I never saw him. Younger stunt people are like, hey man, can we, can we use the thing? Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> can we use it? Yeah. He had a Russian swing. What he is had that? all these cool things. It's like a... One person's on it and another, and you ride it, and then it pitches. I can visually show so you with a, my hands better. He's an he was a circus stunt guy? Yeah, like an old-time circus guy. And you never met him? Oh, yeah, I've met him, but at the time, he wasn't ever there when we would go train. I what, mean, what, rarely. And would, he did stunts in like the 60s or 70s or whatever? I would say. Yeah? yeah. And he's still around? He's still around. I see him occasionally at like the stunt awards and that kind of stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he's like one, yeah. one of the old-timers? Yeah. <laughs> and he's got all his pieces and parts yeah. and everything's working. All right, so you so go to I his go house. So I go there, and there's at this time, he just has a tower. So it's yeah. a ladder. Okay. And they have an airbag down, and airbags are rated to certain heights because the pressure and how they're set up. Oh, so, they can't be too inflated. They'll bounce you Yeah, off. and you can't do an 80-foot high fall for a bag that's rated to 50. You'll, you'll risk bottom out, yeah. So we they set the airbag up, and so now I do some at, say, 40 and then 50, and now... It's just a free fall. Yes, just a free fall. Yeah. Just jump. Right. So the friend that is helping me there makes me carry the step up the ladder. So meaning I have to hook my legs around the ladder, yeah. take the step off. It's a metal step that's like hmm, a foot wide by two feet long. Oh, d- oh from oh, okay. from you the 50 carry feet, it out. Uh, yeah. climb up the ladder like 10 feet. And it hooks on? Rehook it yeah. and climb up and step up there. Because mm. he was trying to make me comfortable each bit I went up. And there's no, you got no string or nothing <laughs> no, attached? Nothing. And you're just up there So now feet. I get to 80 feet and I'm looking down and it was like, whew, oh, man. that po- it looks like a postage stamp and I'm going to land on it. And he's like, just jump already. So I did. I did it eight times so that I knew I felt comfortable if I needed to do it repeatedly. It's like getting, it's like installing a little muscle memory. Yeah. And I, you do, you, <clears throat> I think my biggest lesson that day is maybe on the third or the fourth, you start to feel really comfortable and you get a little complacent. Uh. And so when I landed, I kind of whipped my head in, which was fine, but your neck is going to be sore. But it also reminded me from that day on that it was like, okay, I really have to think about what I'm doing in the air. So I land a specific way to keep myself safe. Do you love it? It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that fear. You have to kind of, people always say, oh, you don't have any fear. Oh, I have a fear. I think it, it's more of I have a respect. Right. Well, I mean, it, I think like I said earlier that once you have certain tools in place and you take the risk or you practice, you know, just to get over that, like, you know, I don't know if I can do this. And then you do it. Yeah. And you know, you can do it. And then you do it 10 times and you're like, all right. Yeah. Then that that kind of takes the fear out of it and it just engage you just yes. have to engage the skill set well it's even say like a 250 foot descender you've tested oh, it with what so, I can't even picture that it's like so jumping you're off a bridge 20 to 25 stories up come on man and you're high-rise building yes so you have to jump oh. off now we've tested it with weights we know it's all good but still somebody has to ride it for the first time 
And that's where it comes for me. <laughs> who is rigging it? My life is in their hands and I trust them with my life. So there are certain uh, people that I would trust with anything because they have had my life in their hands repeatedly. Was it like a handful of people? Have you been on a set and been like, I don't want that guy. I need another person to. No, but I have asked before. Well, you know, hey, do you want to do this? this gag who's rigging it and i think it's a fair question in the beginning a gag did you call them gags yeah gag a stunt like especially a high gag where my life is in their Why they life call them gags i don't know where'd that come from it's a gag it's a stunt i know a stunt's a stunt a gag's <laughs> a joke I, but okay i like it it's it, maybe it's a way to disarm the whole the maybe. language of it like yeah we're just gonna do a gag do a thing <laughs> jump off a bridge so you have asked. like, Yeah. Who's... Well, I think the beginning I didn't. And so you learn quickly. You look back and go, wow, I kind of was lucky because I didn't even know who was rigging it because you're just taking the jobs. People it's hire sort of you weird for like skill. that. What we do where we just take it for granted that yeah. things are okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about that just with bullshit, just with things we eat. I'm like, how do I know where this came from? Yeah. Anything. Did but, he wash uh, his hands before yeah, he made that whatever. for my lunch? Yeah. Stuff, just weird stuff. We just sort yeah. of like, I guess it's okay. And yeah. we, do, we do that with everything. Yeah. Like, oh, this car is fine. So, but I, I could see how that really makes a difference. Like you are, they do have, you know, if, they, if they're hung over, they're having a shitty morning and they forget to do something. Yeah. Well, can... and I tried that as a coordinator. I try to always respect if somebody's doing, you know, they're going to do a full burn, lit on fire fully. Or if somebody- you, You've done that? Uh-huh. You've been lit on fire? Yeah. I was lit on fire, and then I raised my arms, and the whole building completely around me went on fire. That was for a pilot for- um, (laughs) Didn't even make it? Wasn't even on? Twilight Uh became Moonlight, Uh I think. The network? Alex O'Loughlin. Oh. No, it was fun, though. It was a big, huge burn. (laughs) Was it the only time you burned? No, I've done partials, but that's the biggest one I've done. Partial burns where it's just sort of like, my arm, and you're running like, around. Like just your arm or one part or maybe to here, or it just depends where they but feel But the whole you. body burn and you, the arm raise? Yeah. So you had to be on fire for a minute. I had to be on fire, come through doors, so yeah. I stand there, and then I... The hardest burn is to actually stand and do nothing. And just burn? Because the fire just comes up under you, into your face. When they're moving, it's actually easier because you can move the fire away from your face a little bit. So when you're standing there or laying there doing nothing, they're actually the hottest burns. So I just had to stand there for- In a fire suit? Well, you have, um, like they take Carbonex or Nomex and they it's a a fire retardant, um, like thermals almost, Mm -hmm. and they stick them in a bunch of fire gel. Yeah. And you usually have a couple layers on, and yeah. then they put a rain suit over it, Yeah, which is random, but that's when you put your clothes on, then it, your clothes don't get just wringing wet. Yeah. Um, With and the then, fire stuff. And then they put the fuel on and then burn you. From And it burns, it starts underneath the clothes? Is that how it No, works? it starts on the top. The oh. underneath is just, the fuel's on the top. The underneath is just to protect you. It's that layer in oh, between. Oh, I see. So there's no fire suit anymore. Those That's the old days. You're yeah. just You've just got some... Uh, fire retardant underwear on <laughs> pretty you, much it's like what, my wonder woman underwears <laughs> when i was a kid yeah and what about your face though how does that um it depends sometimes they can put a mask on yeah and that protects the face and then sometimes there's a also mask a, of your face or of the well usually face? it's usually it's just a generic one because oh, okay. they're so expensive to build oh yeah um or sometimes there there is also a gel that can go straight to the skin and and you oh, can burn and then it'll protect you but do you but do you do you come out of it with a little burn here or there 
normally no. Um, usually the biggest problem is the breathing because if you're you need to hold your breath or you need to have uh. a regulator because that's where the hot comes in and it can burn like you oh, can yeah. have some lungs. And so that, that moment stuff. where you got to jump off a building or when you're about to be set on fire, that's exciting, right? It's very exciting. And I think it's the rush on the adrenaline after that's awesome. Really? That's what you live yeah. for? <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah. So, all right. So, Charlie's Angels. What were the stunts? What were the, those? Was that the 80 foot? That was high falls, cars, fights. I mean, the the biggest. You do the driving? I did some of it. There was several different Did you have to train things. for that? That doesn't sound like the, the, like the gymnastic angle. So, you I do di- driving stunts? I do. I do. But you had to learn that later, right? I did. Well, I grew up, because I grew up in the desert, we grew up on like quads and dirt bikes. And so I had a lot of car handling experience. But I did. I have taken that and trained a lot in the meanwhile to get better. Um, can so you I've, roll a car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can roll a car too, unfortunately. No, no, no. no not on purpose. There you go. <laughs> so like when you got to get in a car and you got to roll it. It's, and, it's all in how it's prepped. Oh, yeah? Same with fire. It's all in who preps you. Really? And that's where the that's where the trust comes in and, you know, effects is prepping the car and the coordinators, they're prepping the car. What, what do you gotta, how do you got to prep a car to roll it? Well, usually there's a roll cage inside yeah. to protect you. Oh, right. But um, I mean, but the actual, the, the, the moment of rolling is up, up to you to the moment jerk to the you wheel, is, right? Well, it depends. Usually there's probably a cannon in it. A cannon? So imagine this is like a telephone pole. Yeah. So, um, like on Fast Five, yeah. the opening sequence, um, Corey Eubanks is driving that big bus. Yeah. And so I'm in the little NSX, and then um, Oakley, Lehman, and Sly are behind, and we kind of swap around and cross, and then I yeah. do a head on, and Corey swerves the bus, and then as he pitches the bus sideways, there's three cannons inside. Yeah. So the pressure effects is built is so strong that when he pushes the button, the pressure sends the cannons to the ground. And it tilts the and bus? And it tips. So it depends where they place it in the car. So oh, if you I want see. the car like to go this way, you'll put it in this So back. it's an air thing? It's like a compression of air that is, yeah, it's hooked. And, and it, when he hits the button, it, it sends blows it. it up? Yeah, it sends the cannon with a lot of force to the ground, and that flips the car. Wow. So it comes back to how the car's prepped from the coordinator and effects. And yeah. you have a great effects stunt, you know, a special effects team that builds it and how much driving have you done how many cars have you rolled i haven't thankfully rolled very many i've rolled a couple but mostly driving chases like we recreated the alcatraz the in on alcatraz the um bullet car chase in san francisco with andy and jack gill yeah which was so much fun wow all right so i just i I find it kind of crazy it's a crazy life but i I guess you know it does feel like there is the risk of injury almost always there is a lot. I mean, <laughs> I've been really lucky. I've had a few. Yeah? Um, like what? Uh, I broke all the bones in my foot oh, on a descender. Um, oh, because you hit? I hit a ledge that- Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. And so <sighs> for me, it was very early in my career, and it was the best learning experience. Um, yeah, when you can't walk for six months? Yes. Yeah, well, well, fortunately, it's only six weeks because okay. they're little bones. Okay. But um, I said, I don't think I'll clear that ledge- uh-huh. And yeah, 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 you will. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. I don't think I'll clear it. Yeah. Has anybody, you know, and you're up on top and they're down below. And right. so I was stupid and said, oh, okay, if they want me to, you Who know. Who the fuck were those people? <laughs> 
Well, you're the getting people that aren't the jumping a, off the building. The, the AD and then everybody up the there AD. is telling because the rig that I asked, does the coordinator think I'm going to clear it? Yeah. And they, yeah, he's, he says you're fine, but uh, he's down there. Who knows that it even got to him? Because your he's gut with was the like, I don't know. I won't clear that. Because the way uh, the molding was, God. and I didn't. Yeah. Um, so, as stunt people do, I said, don't take my boot off because you won't get it back on. So let's get all the shots you want and just stop me above that ledge, which is only 20 feet After from the ground. After you hurt yourself? Uh-huh. And we did it another probably 10 times. Weren't you in pain? Yeah. Then they took me to the, I said, now you take me to the Ew, ER to get x-rays. Man. <laughs> but You're we shot. good for you. You're a trooper. <laughs> you have to get the shot. That's it? That's the most important? Get the no, shot. No, it's not. But what am, I mean, there's not much they're going to change. If it's broken, it's broken. It's not, you know. And if you're not in so much pain, you can't function. It's fine. Right. All right. So what, okay. So what are the categories of stunts that you do? You do all of them. So you do driving, you'll mm-hmm. roll a car, you'll drive fast. Mm-hmm. You can, they can set you on fire. You'll jump off of things. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do you do uh, uh, sword work? I do. Really? Mm-hmm. How did you have to learn that? Yes. Oh. Where'd you train for the sword work? Same group of people. Some of them, that's their specialty, like on Electra and Daredevil. We use but size. But this, this group, though, this is just a group. This, these aren't classes. No. These are people that these hang out. These are stunt people. And you're like, but can like you show me how them, to do that? Well, do people ask you how to do flips? Oh, all the time. Okay. So one of my friends is- So that's is, the community. Yeah. And one of my friends was the best with size. So when I got on Daredevil- we started to train, and I was doubling Jennifer Garner on Alias, and then we were starting to rehearse for Daredevil, so yeah. when we wrapped, we would go there. And um, She's in that too? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I realized quickly that I needed more work with size, and the person that was there was- Size? It's like a weapon that looks like a pitchfork, sort of. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so- I happened to look around, and one of my friends who's a martial artist, that's his weapon that he's world champion with. So that I worked. went and trained with him like three days a week. And that's Daredevil's weapon? Uh-huh. Oh. No, that's Electra's on Daredevil. Oh, right. So then I set it up so he would train Jen because I wanted her to look great. I didn't want to have to process through me. You teach me, I'll teach her. Like, yeah. just teach her and make her great. Yeah. So with then, that thing. Yeah, with size. And then on, um, on Sucker Punch, it was more um, swords. So I had a broadsword. Um, Baby had, a, I think, a, a katana and then... They all had different swords yeah. and different weapons, and Which I had movie? an AR sucker punch. Okay, so you had so, to learn, and then you have to pick up some, like you have to pick up bits and pieces of martial arts and stuff. Yeah, I mean, martial arts I, is what I've been doing since before. Other than gymnastics, that was kind of my passion since just before the business, but really once I got in it. So Which I mean, ones? Mostly taekwondo, but uh-huh. I feel like each movie, you're growing in your style uh-huh. because each movie changes yeah. you know um a lot of like muay thai a lot of um peppermint we did was more like in tight close quarter knees and elbows and guns and you know electra and it used to be a little more wire work and a little more flashy and uh-huh. jump spin hook kicks and you know i mean it's just kind of the ev- evolution and then i did ray donovan for five years which was much more hands and boxing so i think for a girl a lot of times our weaknesses are our hands because you have danced and done gymnastics yeah. and martial arts, but you haven't necessarily boxed and done hands. Like, boys right. kind of play fight. You guys, right. you guys are just rough as kids. So yeah. boxing is kind of more... So I trained... A, yeah. So I trained a lot with boxing to have my hands stronger. At the place. At the place. No, different places, but some boxing gyms. But, like, I'm just fascinated with this this gym where it's just like... It sounds like... Uh, it's well, more a group of people... 
than a gym because no, we would it. go to like LA Valley one day and then Gymnastics Olympica one day and then. But each gym, <clears throat> each place specializes in a thing. No, each gym is just an open gym. Okay. So you could do anything you want there. Okay. I get it was it. just we would go with that group of people, whoever was not working that day, and we would train. But there's no, there's no like teachers. Just everybody kind of, it's just sort of like, I'll show you how to do that. Well, and you have to imagine most of the teachers there are not going to teach. They're gonna they're if they're teaching an adult class, they're teaching like a back handspring, and right. then I'm gonna jump on the beam and do layout step outs. Like it's not that they're gonna teach me, you know what I right. mean? Right, and right. And then the right. same way you have the Olympic coach for yeah. Taekwondo. Right. If you stepped into a Taekwondo dojo, right. you're not gonna teach him. He could teach it anywhere he wanted to go. But, right. You know, so it's just we're all learning together and collaborating our skills. It's it's just an understanding you all have. Yeah, and now you can't get any of them to hardly train because. They train all the time, but they're all over the world working. So then they just train in whatever gym they can find. I see. So <laughs> so the education of the stunt person, once you start doing it, is just sort of going to the place and seeing who's, seeing who's around and working shit out. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And, and then if you want to drive. a retired carnival act who's got a ladder <laughs> in his backyard. And he'll let you jump off it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The best is my dad, if I had a high fall... He'd always get nervous and say, yeah. oh, call me when you're done. I just, I don't know where you get it. I don't, I don't know where you get these high falls, like where you want to do that. And I was like, because when I was eight, we would jump off cliffs that were 80 feet tall into the water. Like, where do you think I get it? Did you do that? Yeah. We would go to Maui and go cliff jumping. You and, and your old man? And my dad and my yeah. brother. And I always wanted to go with the boys. So I would do it. Was it 80 feet? The highest I did was 80 in, in Maui. <clears throat> just to jump into the water. Uh-huh. Oh man, I always wanted to do it, but do it. But like every time I've gone to Hawaii, um, it wasn't like I've gone to Kauai, and there's not very high ones. But you know, it's got to be sort of an established thing. Yeah, and know. Maui was black rock, and they've they've put fences around it, so you can only get to the lower, which is I don't even know twenty or thirty. Now you can't even get to the higher. Because someone died. Probably. <laughs> someone ruined the fun with his life. Dang it. That guy. All right. So I I do notice that you've done a lot of work with Jennifer Gardner. Mm-hmm. So now is that something that she asks for you? Is that you are her established stunt double for life? I mean, I can't say for life. I hope so. Um, How does that relationship start? Just you do a thing? Did it start with Daredevil or the It alias? started with alias? alias. Yeah, I came in. Um, her, she had a double that did the pilot and maybe one or two episodes. Yeah. And she got hurt. So I came in just for a couple days to fill in. And I was, again, all I had done was literally had been less than a year. And I had done Charlie's Angels and, and great stuff. But yeah. I just was bouncing around. I didn't know the coordinator. I got referred to him. Mm-hmm. Went in for a couple days, did a fight. The double came back, and then she blew her knee out. God, what's not her day, huh? Not <laughs> it's her, not, not her, her show. Her year. Not her year. <clears throat> and then I came back. I worked for most of the first season and yeah. then um, got offered a movie, and I thought she was coming back. So it was a John Woo movie, and I went to the coordinator, and I said, I think I should take that so she can have her job back. I called her because they said we want you to stay, and I felt bad because I didn't want to step woman on who hers. Blew her knee out. Yeah, yeah, so I called her, and she said, "Actually, I'm fine with that. I, you know, I yeah. stay on it." So yeah. I went to Jen and just said, "What do you want me to do? I mean, obviously, I'd love to stay with you, but I can do this if you want. Like, you know, you're at that point probably 22 and have opportunities that you're just still finagling your yeah. way through. Sure. And um, she's asked me to please stay with her and. 
I think for me- That's where the tall thing probably helped out. The tall thing, yeah. (laughs) She's just fun every day. And it's so fun to see her Instagram posts because everybody, you only see like for Alias for five years. My mom came on set maybe the third year for a day and she's like, oh my God, she has the cutest dimples I've ever seen. I've never seen her smile. Right. Because she's always so serious on the show. Right. And to see- I got to see that goofy, fun, caring, witty side every day. Yeah. So that's what it was like. You know you're going to go to work and laugh and have a good time. And oh, I yeah, thought that's, that's how every job was. Yeah. And then you go to other jobs and they're harder for different reasons or whatever. So whenever she has something, it's kind of, it feels like going home. It's like getting to go back to work with your sister. And um, she's a great collaborator. She's appreciative. She's funny. And she has a great team that comes with her between her hair, makeup, yeah. me. It's like the same little team that have been with her since Alias. So like, do you guys hang out? Yeah, we do. I mean, yeah. we both have, I have a five-year-old and she has some kids, so it gets a little bit hectic, but we definitely do when we can. And, you know, it, she's just, she's one of those people for me that you cannot see her for six months and then you can send so, a text yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, it just, you I'll get a text and be in tears laughing so hard and send one back and you never lose step with somebody. You right. know? She's yeah, just yeah. that person. So what Marvel things have you done? Daredevil and Electro were both Marvel. Yeah. And then I did um, Iron Man 3 and I doubled Gwyneth. Uh-huh. What did um, that require? That was a lot of wire work. So she ends up in the Iron Man suit, which was really fun to get to wear the hero Iron Man suit. Oh, yeah. And I came on set, and um, I didn't have the helmet on yet, but I have the suit, and it's way too big on me, and I'm right. trudging up. And then Robert Downey Jr. turns, and he's like, <gasps> there's a girl in the suit. We've never had a girl in the suit. He was so kind uh-huh. and sweet, and just he took me back over, and he goes, do you guys understand this suit is really heavy, and it's mentally hard, and it's incredible that she's in it, and he was so kind and giving, because he's been in that suit a lot. Is, so it, is it heavy? It's heavy. I think the top, because the bottom um, are like mocap pants, so they build the bottom, uh-huh. but from about the hips up, and it's probably about 50 pounds. Oh, wow, yeah. And then um, it has a few different helmets, one that closes, one that lifts, one that opens. Uh-huh. I look like I have a tiny little pea head with a suit on when the helmet's off. Yeah. Um, but there's one scene where he calls the suit on her. <clears throat> so we did his double and I did Glenn Foster, probably a 20-foot ratchet to the wall. A ratchet? Meaning um, you're in a harness and there's that same air cylinder that I was talking about with the cars. Yeah. The you're, cannon? Yeah, a cannon. Good yeah. job. So um, you're going to be a stuntman in the next slide. I know. I'm going to be a coordinator. We're going to go right to coordinator. Okay, good. Um, so they hit the button, and everything is going at the same time. So the helicopter is supposed to be coming in and blowing up the house. Yeah. So all the windows blow. Everything blows in the house. It's like gunfire just annihilated it. Right. And he and I go flying back. We're hooked to wires, and it's like the propulsion pulls us back to the wall right and we hit and drop so then when she comes up she's got the suit on her and then she has to go and then lay over him to protect him from the falling debris because he doesn't have the suit on right but it was the one thing is the first time they did it they said okay drop into this position which is a like a plank position Mm -hmm. sort of Mm -hmm. with 50 pounds extra on your top half and so i'm holding it 
And then they said, get closer. So the second take, I drop in and I'm like this close to Robert's face, except the only problem is, is the eye holes are about this big. They're like little slits. Yeah. And because the helmet was too big, it dropped. So the eye holes were here. Yeah. And I come back and I was like, you have to make the helmet smaller inside. I'm going to be the first person that knocks Robert Downey Jr. out or breaks his (laughs) nose because I go like this and can't see where he is. Yeah. So they fixed it. They fixed it, padded the top, put it back on and we went again. <clears throat> wow, it's just how, how many times have you had to be in the weird metal carcasses of different sorts? A lot? A lot. That's crazy. And it's always never feels it's fails it's August, July, August, summer hot. And you're like, how am I in this in August in North Carolina with this much humidity? You know, it just But then you go, "Oh, but I'm playing superhero. Like how cool my you, brother used to tell me, please go put your clothes on. And I'd be like, but I have my Wonder Woman underoos on. I and, do have my clothes on. Okay. I was an annoying kid and he and his friends. you did Wonder Woman. Well, I did the pilot for the TV show. Yeah. And then I did some commercials. But I didn't go do Wonder Woman because I was doing Supergirl here at the time. Oh, so you did Supergirl. Mm-hmm. That's all right. So you were up for the movie, Wonder yeah. Woman? And he didn't. It, that must have been disappointing. You know, it. It was after, especially after you see what it was, because they did an amazing job on it and such great people. Um, But at the time, my little boy was one and I was on Supergirl and I was having a blast. And Melissa Benoist, it was here. Right. Melissa Benoist is so fun and lovely and kind. And so it was just like, I'll stay on this. There's still, you know, there's still time. You could, you could be, (laughs) you could still be Superwoman, Wonder Woman. I've worn the outfit. It's cool. Where'd you wear the outfit when you were a kid? Your underoos? Well, I started there, but yes. But I did do the um, some commercials where they brought it over and they did a crossover for Justice League uh, and Walmart. And so I got to wear the... It was so sweet. I, I jump in a van in the morning, blonde, hmm. um, in sweats. And I, I'm talking to this little girl in the van and she says, oh, it's my... I, I'm asking her, she's like, oh, it's my first day on a movie. I've never been on a show. She was so sweet and shy. Mm-hmm. So now I go through the works and they've... They have wigged me. I'm in the full outfit. DC cloaks you like Marvel so no one can take photos. It's at elementary school. We get into the cafeteria and the DP's like, can you take the cloak off? We need a light. Wait, they they basically put a blanket over you? Like a big hooded blanket because they don't want, as you're walking, photos taken. Right. Especially if it's a reveal of something new. Right, right. So I get in there and... uh, we do a few shots and then we stop and the little girl is sitting off at one of the tables and I go sit down next to her and I sit down and I'm like, hey, Becky, and start talking to her. And um, we then go to lunch and the mom, the little girl has no idea that I'm the same person from the van. Yeah. And the little the mom comes up and all you can see now I'm recloaked is the, the headband. Yeah. And she comes up and she said, I don't know how you knew my daughter's name, but you just made her world. And I said, well, why? And she said, well... She just switched school. She's been bullied at her old school, and she just switched school and doesn't have any friends yet. And you made her the coolest kid in there today. (laughs) And you realize, like, I sat with her for 30 seconds. Right. And you just, I think in this industry, we have such an impact on people, and it's nice when you get to just do that much back for somebody. Yeah, and you don't even, you don't really realize it because you're just at work, and you're you're being nice, but you it's in that moment because you're focused on what you're doing. Your empathy isn't really engaged. You don't know the backstory of anyone's situation, right? And then you know you hear something like that. You're like, wow. Well, that was easy. Yeah, to- maybe I should have done that more. You know, <laughs> yeah. it does make you think about it. So, have you been scared for your life? There's been two times that I would say I absolutely look back and am lucky. Um, 
One was I jumped a car into a lake, mm-hmm. and uh, it has big holes in the bottom to make it fill up faster. The pressure's supposed to equalize. The doors, you're going to open them up and get out. Yeah. Um, it didn't quite go as planned. And before I did the car jump, they moved my safety divers farther away. So um, you see the ticking clock on the screen when when I've watched it. And I would say it was about a minute, 10 seconds before I found my air. Um, so wait, so, okay, so you drive? So I drive the, the it's like a Jeep. Yeah. I drove it off of a ramp yeah. into the water. Yeah. And the water was freezing, and you couldn't see very far in front of you at so all. It was you, really you, murky. You have impact, and you're you're submerged, and it fills up immediately. It probably took ten to fifteen seconds to fill up, only because they added those holes. So you see me going to the back as I'm supposed to to follow the air to the back. Yeah. And then when it comes under, the pressure's supposed to equalize, and you can get the doors open and get out. Well, with the impact damage from the front, the doors wouldn't open. So you see me. In a yellow, bright yellow shirt, go from door to door to door to door, window to window to window. I can't get any of them open. And so now the hookah line, which is the line for scuba that has my air, was underneath me so I could find it. Well, now it's floated all over and I can't find it. And you're swimming blind trying to find it. So that second of panic, you go, holy shit, I'm going to die in this car. What am I going to do? I'm going to die in here. It's one of the few times my mom has come to set, which was probably not the smarter move. She, I get out and she's like got her shoes off standing on the edge of the water. Oh. Um, I don't know what she thought she was going to do. Um, but uh, I finally... So, so you were under there and everyone on land was like... It's still videoing. It's, they have no clue. There's like four cameras in the car. No one and knew that you were No one knew trouble? that I couldn't. And my safety divers, I just kept thinking they're going to come and they never... Because they didn't think there was a problem? No, they were trying to get to me oh. because they put them so far out. But there was, a, there was a time limit, right, where they're like, why isn't she up yet? Yes. I right. guess they kept from, I didn't see this. I guess they kept coming to the surface and then realizing I wasn't up yet, and then they would dive back down. <sighs> and so then they're having trouble seeing because they can't see either. So I ended up in that moment of panic going, okay, this isn't helping. So what do I do? And you, it's amazing that you can kind of take that calm for a second or uh-huh. two and I realized I knew where my tank was bolted down, and my tank was bolted in the back. So I went, swam back to the back of the car, found the tank. Now I can find the line. I can run the line, and it was under the seat and then up in in the steering wheel. Oh, my God. So I would have never found it looking, but doing that, I got air. Once I got air, found the window breaker, broke the window, and got out. Yeah. But it just shows you it doesn't always go as planned, but- and then the other time would have been um, on Fast Five. Um, I was in that little NSX, and Corey was turning the bus over. Yeah. And Corey is literally one of the best drivers Corey, in the business. What's his name? Corey Eubanks. Uh-huh. So we're doing near misses. Uh, I hold my line. He wor- he swerves around. We've done it all day. I don't know ten times. Yeah. Different time. Different cameras. Different everything. Right. Now we're coming at each other and. Um, there is a helicopter above behind me and it's from their angle. And so I don't know exactly what happened, but we're both encroaching at 35. So that's a head on at 70 and I don't even come to his bumper. I'm so low. Mm -hmm. So we're coming this way. And then that half second when he's supposed to swerve, he doesn't go. And I only have a dirt berm. What's that mean? There's like, um, there's not road there. It's just dirt that kind of goes up at an angle on the side of a road, like in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Imagine a two lane and then it's dirt. Right. So I'm going and you have 
a half second anyway, and then in that half second goes away. And then so the last, I just pulled my wheel as hard as I could to the left and ended up in the dirt. Um, I didn't know that the helicopter had moved into my blind spot in his lane down low. Uh huh. So if he had swerved around me as planned, he would have hit the helicopter and taken the helicopter out. So he had Whoa. to make the choice in a second. And say, like, she'll be all right. She'll get out. She'll get out. She'll get out. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. like, her them, her them. She'll get out. They can't. So it- Whose I, mistake was that? To this day, I don't know. I mean, it's not him or- he or I, because we knew exactly what we were supposed yeah, you to were, do. If, but, right, and, and no one told you that the copter was going to be there. Well, we knew it was there, but it wasn't supposed to come down. Oh, oh, oh. So I don't know. It might have been a call from the booth. There you go. Right. I mean, easily could have been come down around the side a little right. bit, and he doesn't know where this sort of supposed to happen. Who knows? Wow. It's a lot of inner workings. Um, but, yeah. Those are the two that I would say I look back and go, I was very lucky. And, yeah. you, you know, other ones... You show up to work, and like you said, you fall over a rug, and it is what it is. But, you know, the bigger ones, I feel like, for the most part, are the ones that usually go the best uh-huh. because you've prepped them so much. Right. And there's a lot, probably a lot more at stake. Yeah. So, what, is your husband in the business? He is. Is a stunt guy, too? Uh-huh. You're both stunt people. Yep. Do you work out together? <laughs> Do you? Do, Not do you, very often. Is, do you ever have like sort of, can you show me this or we just work through this move with me, this gag? We- this gag. Not usually. Occasionally, if I'm trying to think like, especially on Ray Donovan, if I was going through a fight, I'm like, hey, will you just play the other side with for me really quick? Because I want to think and I need, I'm better when I have a dance partner. Yeah. So I know some people just create both sides on their own. I prefer to work off of somebody. Yeah. So occasionally it's him, but like he's in New Orleans right now coordinating a Hugh Jackman movie. And um, so it just, we end up both busy and, right. you know. So coordinating is something that, you know, that you graduate to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's not, like, that's the next step. You're, you're a stunt person and then you're a stunt coordinator. Uh-huh. And a lot of times you still bounce between them. Sure. So, I mean, you, like, I went and doubled Jen on Peppermint and while we were coordinating GLOW, so doing GLOW. So it just kind of depends on what's going on, you know. And you won an Emmy, two Emmys for GLOW. I did. For coordinating. Uh-huh. And the, you're the first woman to win an Emmy for stunts. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and and for such a fun show. I, I mean, know. to represent, I think for me, the thing about that show is if people could just see five minutes of how hard those ladies work. I mean, they're so I, focused. They're so focused. And I get them in the ring and I get them when they, you know, between Chavo and Helen and I, we get to play and teach and they come in and they knew nothing other than Kia of course yeah I mean it was just okay I mean the first day in the ring I give them this whole speech about trust and I you know I they're going to be great and but I need them to listen to their bodies and blah 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 yeah and then Chavo goes okay so uh let's start with flipping to your back Oh, hold on. Let's start with how to get in the ring. You know, right. it's just because you're starting <laughs> yeah, from yeah, ground yeah. zero. And now to watch them, it's they're incredible. And also it's sort of a rare sort of situation where the, the actual what you're what you're doing as a stunt is, is actually a stunt. Yeah. That the, the whole nature of professional wrestling is it's a real thing, but it, it is uh, uh, to it's an illusion. It's an illusion, but it's funny when they when I've done a couple interviews and they've asked me about it being fake or they've asked right. me about and I'm like, oh, no, when those girls hit, hit that, 
you know, hit real, the ground. Right, you ask right. them, they're going to tell you they feel it. It's real. You right. know? And those guys, they wrestle and their bodies are tired oh, after a long. I mean, sure. yeah. it's hard. No, definitely. But but it's like, it's not, you're not trying to, you know, uh, uh, create someone jumping to their death or, you know. Or, C- correct. Right. It is all in the fun of it. It's yeah. not this life or death situation yeah. where she's got to say this and get her kid and fight right, these right. guys and shoot them and jump off the building. Right. It's more what is the fun story we can tell? Right. And, and let's and, and, add the glitter, add the leotards, add the hair, add the, you know, and let's just have fun. And within the characters, there's a story, you know, within, like, you know, you have the story of the show, whatever episode, but in, in the ring, there's always a story. Absolutely. And, and that's what yeah. wrestling is. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. And Chavo has really taught us a lot about that. Helen and I are gymnasts and we're stunt women. So we're great at breaking things down and teaching. Mm-hmm. And we pick up wrestling quickly because that's kind of a version of our background, yeah. even though it wasn't wrestling, it was right. gymnastics. Um, Chavo is great at, he's been around it so long. So Chavo Guerrero is like a, is a family of wrestlers. Yeah, he's they come third from. generation, yeah. yeah. So he comes from the old school style of, it's not just big flare, flare, big move, big move, but he yeah. wants to tell the story in the ring. So we have a really good time playing, going, okay, what's the story? Who do you this? She's the bad girl. Okay, now we need to switch it. No, she's the heel. No, she's the, you know, like yeah. we, get, we get to have a really good time with that. Yeah, it's great. And we're doing one more. I know, one more. I have no idea what it's going to be about. Do you? I know all this. No, I don't know any. You haven't got told anything. No, I have no idea what the where we're going to be. I just hear more wrestling, but that's all I know. It's going to be more wrestling this year. That's what I hear. We're going out with a big wrestling finish. Big bang. Huh. I don't know the last episode, the first, the whole thing. But, but just generally, you've heard there's going to be more wrestling this season. Yeah. Huh. But you know, almost all. Where of Where does that leave me? I think you're going to be in the ring, Mark. You do? I hope so. Can we put that in the universe? Yeah, I'm ready. I, yeah, I can. That would be exciting. Yeah. I think I, I should I should get in the ring once, not as a ref. Okay. But as a wrestler. Let's ask. Okay. So are you going to direct? I am. I have a movie that, that um, with Wonderland, with McGee's company and Voltage that's out to cast. That really? Direct, an action movie, yeah. And so you're directing your first action movie. Yeah. And it's casting now. Mm-hmm. Who wrote it? Corey Byam. Oh, wow. So is he? Is this his first movie too? I believe it's his first or his second. Oh, so this is exciting. It's very exciting. Are you going to direct any glows? That would be a dream. Did you, did you ask? I asked, but who knows? I mean, that'd be a dream. But you're directing a movie. <laughs> That's exciting. I know. I'm excited. And you've been on sets, though. But it's so weird, though, because this is the thing I was saying before, like... I don't know much. I know if you live your life on sets, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're there all day, you're going to see how everything fucking works. Right. Yeah. How could you not? Well, and we're so used to working with the cast and, you know, like I've spent so much time with with different actresses yeah. or actors that a lot of times like on Ray Donovan, you know, it becomes a you sit in and you say, hey, just so you know, this may get pushback because character wise, he really wouldn't do this. He would probably do this. Right. And so you're used to what those questions will be because I care about what their questions are as an actor. Like I understand right. where that's coming from. And if it makes me question it in the script, it's going to make them. So let's make it work for everybody. And now you're going to get to do that with emotional stuff. Yes, I love it. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so glad we talked. Thank uh, you. I'll see you on set. I'll see you on set. So that's it. Shauna Duggins, the stunt coordinator, the Emmy award winning and SAG nominated stunt coordinator of GLOW. Again, if you'd like to see me in concert in Cleveland or 
Grand Rapids, Michigan, or Milwaukee, or Orlando, Florida, or Tampa, or Portland, Maine, or Providence, Rhode Island, or New Haven, Connecticut, or Huntington, New York. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for the uh, freezing leg of the uh, Hey, There's More tour. And uh, that's it. I'll play some guitar, kind of half-ass it, right now. And uh, that's all. That's, That's all for now. Happy New Year.